Hey guys, you're probably wondering why you're hearing me late on a Friday night here as the Locked On Dolphins podcast always shuts down for the weekend, but we have some breaking news coming into the podcast and I wanted to take an approach at this show that was different than the previous episodes. You guys have heard about 300 of them so far, always with an intro, always with the taglines of how you can find the show, find me on Twitter. And of course, I am Travis Wingfield, your daily host of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, where it is your team every single day. And you can find me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL, but I wanted to get this podcast out there as quick as possible and give you as much information on Brian Flores, Dolphins' new head coach, or reportedly the new head coach they will hire just as soon as the New England Patriots are eliminated from playoff contention in 2019. And with that, let's go ahead and get right into this and talk about who Brian Flores is. He turns 38 in February. He's the current linebackers coach slash play caller of the New England Patriots defense. He went to Boston College, grew up in Brooklyn, New York, has worked for the Patriots since 2004 when he was hired as a scouting assistant by then GM Scott Pioli in in New England. He became a pro scout, a special teams assistant, assistant offense and special teams coach, then a defensive assistant, then a safeties coach, and then the linebackers coach. And now he is the current play caller up in New England in Foxborough under Bill Belichick and many folks might hate the idea that he comes off the Belichick tree and sure the Belichick tree has not returned the most inspiring results as far as guys like Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels and the list goes on and on and on there but I also think it's incredibly unfair to characterize Brian Flores as a Bill Belichick disciple and just put him in that box because he is much more than that he is his own man and apparently the Dolphins according to reports from Jeff Darlington of ESPN, they went into this approach or this coaching search with the approach that they wanted to hire the best coaching candidate, not the sexiest offensive name they could find, or maybe the best defensive coordinator they could find, the best head coach. And that's something I've talked about on the podcast a lot. The difference between a coordinator and a head coach are two entirely different positions. So the Dolphins taking a unique approach in that way, but they are going back to the AFC East well, which seems to be a theme for teams in the AFC East, picking out other teams, coaches and players and just kind of recycling them through. But I want to talk first about this article up on ESPN.com from last year, I believe it was, about him growing up in Brownsville, which is a neighborhood in New York, which is characterized as the toughest neighborhood in all of America. He grew up from Honduran parents. He went to Boston College and he chose Boston College because of their academia, whereas he had full ride offers at other places across the Power 5 landscape in college football. You guys know that he was cross-trained across offense, defense, and special teams, as well as the scouting department in New England, so he'll have his hand in every single cookie jar in the Miami Dolphins organization. He was offered play calling duties this year. He interviewed for the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals last year. For the most part, he seems rather emotionless. He is very measured. He's a slow speaker an English major in college, and he grew up in the same way that Richard Sherman did in a rough neighborhood where there was drug dealers, there was crime, there was murder every single day, and he had to walk around this this neighborhood that really didn't coincide with who he was as a person, and he was basically hands-off in the way Richard Sherman was. If you guys aren't familiar with the way that went down, Richard Sherman's mom was so well-respected in Compton that all the gangbangers knew just to leave him alone because he was the prodigal son that was supposed to get out. And Brian Flores was the same way in Brownsville, in the Bronx, in New York. He had a walk to the train station every single day in school and had to be on alert at all times because his path was ominous and filled with shady characters that could rob you at any second. So he kind of learned how to be aware of his situations 
and his surroundings, and also how to be tough and unshaken. And that's the kind of guy that he is. He exudes leadership qualities, apparently, is what Jeff Garlington has said of ESPN. And he learned how to communicate with people of different socioeconomic backgrounds, spanning anywhere from the privileged to the less fortunate, from black to white, whatever it is, Brian Flores has a background in working with young people and people of older age, and he just has a very well-versed background in that way. Now, as far as what he was with the Patriots, not a lot of media availability there for him. Like I said, he does speak very slowly and is very measured in that way, but really only coaches, coordinators, and the top players on the team speak to the media on the on with regularity, and Brian Flores was neither of those things, so he wasn't in front of the podium very often. Of course, we all know about the Rob Gronkowski decision to play him at safety. That kind of falls under his umbrella, and I'm sure Bill Belichick reamed him for that idea. I think that's who was the one that was in charge of that. I don't think Belichick would be the one to put him out there, as Flores was the play caller. But you live and you learn. There's some other things you can connect here with his hiring to Miami. Maybe the Dolphins go after Trey Flowers and Malcolm Brown of the New England Patriots. This means probably no more Kiko Alonso. Definitely no more Kiko Alonso in third and long defense. The Dolphins will now have dime and quarter defenses on the field, something I have been asking for for a very, very long time. And he'll have this team prepared for the situations that come up any given Sunday or Monday, Thursday, whenever you play the games. And as for his potential staff that he could bring along with him, Jim Caldwell is rumored to be his offensive coordinator or maybe the guy that he would choose to bring along. That is not official. Actually, as a matter of fact, the head coaching hire is not official, but it sounds like that will be the guy they go after and hire once the Patriots are eliminated. So if you needed any more incentive to root against the Patriots this coming weekend, here's some more for you because the Dolphins need to get this coaching staff in place and the Senior Bowl is just two weeks away. So hopefully they can get that taken care of and move in that direction and just get this search over with And it sounds like they have done that, but the Dolphins are waiting for the Patriots to get knocked out. Once they do, I'm sure Brian Flores will be announced as the head coach. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and take a short break here, and we're going to come right back with Evan Lazar. He is a Patriots beat reporter. I want to hear all about Brian Flores from someone that knows him better than I do. So we'll do that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. And joining the Locked On Dolphins podcast on this special emergency edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast is Evan Lazar. He is the Patriots beat reporter for CLNS Media and host of Pat's All 22 podcast. He is at EZ Lazar on Twitter. Evan, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Thanks for having me in this uh, Friday night breaking news, of course. Thanks, NFL. Yeah, seriously, man. Like My podcast is Monday through Friday, a daily show, and they drop a a big chunk of news on the Dolphins here in the middle of my weekend. So big thanks to that. But nonetheless, we are the go-to source for everything Dolphins every single day. So I had to get you on and I appreciate the short notice. And I kind of went over a sort of a biographical background of who Brian Flores is in terms of his upbringing and how he got to the Patriots. And one of the big parts I think that attracted me and Dolphins fans and the Dolphins to Brian Flores was his cross training across every single aspect of the football organization. And we'll get to that here in a second. But first, Evan, I wanted to ask you, can you just kind of give me a background on this guy and who he is? Because as we know, a lot of guys tend to float under the Belichick wing, so to speak, and don't really get mentioned or known of. And so we don't know much about him. So just kind of take the floor here and tell us about Brian Flores, the football coach, if you can. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of people in New England didn't know much about <laughs> Flores until the beginning of this season. And we kind of knew about him. He's a linebackers coach. Is his technical title. We've all kind of jumped around at different types of names for him, play caller, de facto defensive coordinator. But he's never actually gotten the defensive coordinator label from Bill Belichick yet which isn't unheard of. That's not to say that that's something that he hasn't earned or anything like that. It's just Belichick tends to make them earn it before they get that label. He made Matt Patricia earn it. Uh, he, he Kind of going back all the way, you know, before Patricia, a lot of guys also had to earn that too. And Belichick was actually the defensive coordinator himself for a couple of years there until Patricia kind of took the reins. So it's not unheard of to not have that title, but Flores has primarily been on the defensive side of the ball. He's been the linebackers coach for the Patriots for the last three seasons before this year. And really from everything that I, you know, talking to the players, we came in uh, this training camp and really just tried to learn as much as we all could about Flores, the coach, because he was so kind of hidden in the, in the background up until this year. And really a lot of the players just talk about a great relationship that they have with him. He's a great leader uh, of men and a great leader in the locker room. He's a very stand up guy after the Miami miracle, uh, whatever you want to dub it. I'm sure you guys call it the Miami miracle. We call it yeah, what do you call day it? at the office. Um, but after the Miami miracle, he stood up in front of the defensive players and the entire team and said it was on him you know he owned it he said it was his fault he took the responsibility that kind of a leadership and accountability is something that i think the players really dig about him and also just the way that he kind of gets the most out of the players and really a lot of hard coaching. I've spoken to a bunch of the linebackers about him because obviously they have the most connection with him from him being their position coach over the last couple of years. And they say, you know, it's a lot of hard coaching, as you probably would have ex expect from a Belichick coach. So. I think that there's a lot of things to like about Brian Flores personality wise that probably led the Dolphins down this road. I can see that definitely. And I, I talk about it a lot on the podcast in terms of this coaching search that teams tend to, and it's not just football, it's all walks of life. You always go for the opposite of what you just had, whether it's the president, whether it's your relationship and football coaches are no different because Adam Gaze was a guy that let's face it, people burned bridges leaving Miami with it when it came to Adam Gaze you know, whether it was players taking to Twitter or what have you. And so to hear the fact that he's a guy that's going to come in and kind of take command of that leadership role, especially after Adam Gase kind of went out the window by blaming everybody else for all the issues Miami had. So that's nice to hear. But let's go ahead and work from his background forward and talk about his work with linebackers because the Patriots, the linebackers are kind of the key to that defensive scheme, at least in the front seven, I would assume. And Dante Hightower is one of the guys there, obviously. They had a Landon Roberts kind of come up through the system, Jamie Collins before that. What has his work been like with the linebackers? And you mentioned the relationships as well. Is that something that those guys, particularly because he's their position coach, can speak highly of him on? Yeah, absolutely. I think all those guys have great relationships with Flores. And although they haven't necessarily been the best linebacker group in the league over the last couple of years, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners will say, well, the Patriots linebackers coach, the Patriots linebackers stink. And that is, you know, here nor here nor there. But the really, I think the thing with Flores that you see is that the knowledge that he has, and he is a very smart and astute football mind, has reflected on the play of the players and the Patriots have a lot of really high IQ players at the linebacker position guys like Dante Hightower Kyle Van Noy Alandon Roberts as you mentioned uh, Juwan Bentley who was a rookie 
was wearing the green dot before he got hurt during stretches of the season, regular season and preseason, calling plays on the field as a kind of defensive leader in his first year, which speaks a lot to Bentley, but also a lot to Flores' ability to teach the system that quickly. So really during the training camp preseason time of the season, a lot of the players, Hightower, a lot of the other guys, leaders on the defense, McCordy, were saying that Flores was kind of simplifying things on the defense. And then I'm sure we'll get to kind of some of the schematic stuff. But since the bye week that the Patriots had in mid-November, it's kind of been the opposite. The defense has gotten way more complex since then. And I think that, you know, they've kind of slowly built up to that point and now Flores has the guys running the scheme the way that he wants them running it and he's able to kind of do more disguising and more shifting and more of that kind of stuff and much in the same way the Patriots team every single year gets better every single month and then by December January they are a full-on juggernaut so good to see that he kind of has that quality in him as well and I gotta ask you Evan you know, this defense falls under the Belichick umbrella so much that, you know, I mean, Matt Patricia got a head coaching job out of it and now Brian Flores does, but how much does Brian Flores's fingerprints show up on this defense? Is he actually, you know, putting in a decent amount of input or is it just Belichick and he's kind of behind the scenes or how would you characterize that if you can? Well, Flores is certainly the one calling the plays because Belichick, and I, I think this is really a lot of good co- head coaches kind of eventually get to this point Belichick is like a CEO on the sideline right he doesn't call the plays on offense or defense that's McDaniels and Flores but he's the guy at the top overlooking everybody and making sure that everything is in line now that's not to say that Belichick doesn't have input on the play call he certainly does he has a ton of input but he's more of a guy that's kind of going big picture wise I think we should run it here I think we should go for it on this fourth down I think we should run this blitz package on this play because I saw this that kind of thing whereas he kind of lets the day-to-day of it go to his coordinators and his position coaches and he allows those guys to do their jobs which I think is something that you know it, it it's different for everybody, obviously, but I think that that's something that's really made Belichick the most successful coach that there is, is because he is so good at allowing his coordinators and his assistants, he's delegating that type of stuff to them, which is really nice to see for a guy like Flores, Patricia McDaniels. That's why they've gotten, gotten so much head coaching buzz is because they have a lot of responsibility on their plates to do that. So I think that schematically game plan wise you've got to factor in the fact that bill belichick especially the defensive genius that belichick is is flores's head coach it's obviously a big factor how much of it is flores versus how much of it is belichick is often something that's difficult to decipher because we don't actually know it's not like belichick's going to come out and say it or flores is going to say you know it's 60 percent me it's 40 percent bill we don't really know but at the same time Looking at this defense last year, they've had some new pieces in this year, but it certainly hasn't been like a complete overhaul of the personnel. The defense has played better this year under Flores than it did under Patricia last year. And I think a big part of it is that they're scheming more now than they ever really had. Devin McCourty told us about a month ago that they're scheming now more than they ever had in his career. And he's been here for nine years and he's one of the captains of the team. So for him to say that, it must be true. So they're doing a lot more with scheme. I think their pressure packages up front have done a lot better and have been a lot more successful as well. Yeah, that Devin McCourty comment really stuck out to me. They're talking about the ability to scheme up things on the defense, and I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that Stephon Gilmore now in year year two with the Patriots is 
is a evidence because of what Brian Flores has meant to that defense and that scheming and the preparation, getting him into the right positions. We'll talk more here with Evan Lazar on the other side of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins and Evan is at EZ Lazar. And rolling back into segment number three here on this special edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Evan, I got to ask you because this guy is 37 years old and he turns 38, I believe, next month. Is, is he ready to be a head coach? Is this a guy that can come in and command an entire room? Because if he hasn't been a coordinator before, he hasn't managed an entire staff. So is he ready to take on that role? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think that's kind of where you is going to be the biggest challenge for him going forward if he is indeed named the Dolphins head coach is that he's going to have a lot of responsibility that he's never really dealt with before. This year was the first year that he kind of dealt with play calling duties, which is a lot of responsibility in itself. Now you elevate that now to, you know, dealing with the other side of the ball, dealing with assistants, dealing with players, dealing with roster building, which I think is something that the Dolphins going forward are going to have to deal with a lot. He's going to have to have a lot of in input and you know who the guys that they're drafting and you know how they're going to take the team and what direction they're going to go in who's going to be the quarterback that kind of stuff so it's going to be a lot of that and I think that that's something that we're going to have to wait and see if he can handle now in terms of what he is like as a leader and what he is like in terms of commanding a room he has gotten nothing but praise from the players in the Patriots locker room in that regard all the guys in the Patriots locker room really love this guy and uh, they all really st- vouch for him and stand up for him, even when the Patriots defense hasn't performed very well in certain games like against Tennessee or against Jacksonville early in the season. Uh, it's never really been uh, a question of whether or not Flores was a good coach or not. Just, you know, execution was the main issue with those situations to the players. So. I think that he can command a room. I think he's a leader. I think that he's a very uh, stand-up guy. I think that the details of being a head coach, uh, roster building, delegation, the other side of the football for a defensive-minded guy, that's the type of stuff that is kind of a question mark right now. Well, the good news for the Dolphins is they finally have a clear structure in place where Chris Greer is going to be the one picking the players and Brian Flores is going to be the one coaching them up and filling out the staff. And as far as that goes, filling out the staff really is to me, the most important aspect of coaching, because you're only as good as the guys you put around you to, like you mentioned, Bill Belichick delegates because he trusts people. I imagine Brian Flores would take on the same responsibility. Do you have any idea what kind of staff he could put together? There are some rumors about Jim Caldwell being the offensive coordinator. Can you put any truth to that? And do you know what kind of staff Brian Flores could build here in Miami? Yeah, I don't know uh, much about the Jim Caldwell rumors. I I would say that, you know, who he does pick as his offensive coordinator, though, is going to be really important. And it would make sense to me that it would be somebody with head coaching experience like a Jim Caldwell and a guy that really knows offensive football because Flores has never really dealt with the offensive side of the ball in terms of schematics and dealing with that type of stuff and game planning uh, for an opponent on the offensive side of the ball. It's all really been defense for him with the Patriots. So I think that's going to be big. Uh, you know, having an offensive coordinator that can really help him out there. And even a defensive coordinator, I'm sure that he's probably going to run the defense himself, which is basically what Belichick does more or less. But I think that, you know, whoever he gets in that position, whether it's not necessarily a defensive coordinator by 
title is going to be important too because again I think that a lot of these head coaches that don't delegate and I think Adam Gase was kind of one of those guys that he was the offense right he was running the offense he had the play sheet he was doing that side of the ball kind of get lost in that side of the ball a little bit and Belichick talks a lot about how it's important to kind of have your your hand in everything as a head coach and more so as a coordinator, having your hand in everything versus being a position coach. Like when Flores is a linebackers coach, he's only worried really about the linebackers. Then he becomes the coordinator and he's got to worry about the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, you know, all of the pieces. And then now as a head coach, he's going to have to worry about, you know, even more pieces. So I think getting good experienced head coach-like coordinators, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is going to be big. So the leadership factor obviously is there. The ability to kind of delegate things to his staff and the respect of his players. Those are all great things to have in mind with Brian Flores. But this might be kind of a weird question for you, Evan, so I apologize for putting you on the spot here. But what are some of the things that would cause Brian Flores to not be successful in Miami? Are there some warts that we should know about that maybe could cause him to just not work out with the Dolphins? Well, I think that his inexperience in terms of leading in a leadership role is something that you might look at. He's only really had one year of being this de facto play caller defensive coordinator. He's took on a lot of responsibility in year one and really ran with it, which is a good sign, but certainly doesn't have the experience that maybe some of the other guys that the Dolphins were interested in or kind of have been rumored in these head coaching circles. Like, for example, the comparison between him and like a Mike McCarthy is you know night and day with the experience that they have as coaches now that's not necessarily a bad thing because maybe a fresh new blood guy that's a little bit more younger more creative might be better for the situation that the Dolphins are in the other thing that I think I would look at is kind of what we hit on with the is it Belichick or is it Flores I think a lot of the players and a lot of the people in the organization have talked about how Belichick has had a very heavy influence on the defense all along, which is what you would expect. I mean, the guy has defensive game plans in the Hall of Fame, so <laughs> it's, not, it's not much of a surprise that Belichick is, is has a big hand on the defense side of the ball. So I think that, if you know, I wouldn't be worried about it necessarily, but you do kind of get skeptical of how much of it was really Belichick, how much was it Flores, and obviously with the history of Belichick assistants kind of flaming out as head coaches. It doesn't really bode well for it being a lot on the coordinator. But I think that Flores is different in the sense that I think that the players really respect him and he's a real leader of football players, whereas some of the other guys haven't necessarily have fallen short in that regard. And the other thing is, you know, just quickly, Patricia, Matt Patricia was named the head coach of the Detroit Lions this time last year as well. And year one in Detroit didn't go so well for Patricia. (laughs) Two very different guys and uh, two very different approaches, I'm sure, to the media and, and to the players and in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, the defense got better with Flores, I would say, but how much of that, you know, do you really put on his shoulders? I'm not really sure. And obviously the history with Patricia and Mangini and some of the other Belichick assistants on the defensive side of the ball, Romeo Cornell is not necessarily the best. So I think that that's where you start. I think that's where a lot of the people that come out and say that this is a bad hire are going to start with, or they're, they're going to kind of rattle off those statistics of the Belichick coaching tree and how bad it has been at times. I mean, really the best example 
you know, for a positive is probably like Bill O'Brien in Houston, who's obviously done a nice job with the Texans, but certainly hasn't, you know, won much in the playoffs and, and that he's probably the best case scenario, unless you want to put like Rabel in the Belichick coaching tree, which I'm not <laughs> sure if that really counts, but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting question of how much of it was Flores and how much of it was Belichick because the Patriots over the last six weeks or so of the season have really started to spin the dial on the defensive side of the ball, doing a lot of shifting, a lot of disguising. They've kind of introduced this playground defense, they call it, where everybody uh, except the corners on the perimeter are kind of moving around before the snap. So you have seven or eight guys kind of all hovering around the line of scrimmage and everyone's in, you know up on their feet. No one's in uh, with their hand on the ground except one guy usually lined up over the center and they blitz out of that. They drop into coverage out of that. They do a whole lot of different stuff. And it kind of was introduced uh, around when they played the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and then really kind of hit its stride against Minnesota, against Kirk Cousins. And it gave a lot of quarterbacks a lot of issues. And whether that defense is Belichick or Patricia or uh, Flores, I would say it's probably more Belichick because, honestly, the Patriots used to do that in the early 2000s as well with some of those defenses. So it's obviously been around in their playbook. It's just something that they discovered with the personnel that they had this year. A lot of veterans in that secondary, especially Deron Harmon, Devin McCourty, Pat Chung, they've all been here for a while. Uh, They were able to kind of go back to that and use it to their advantage this year. But I think that Flores will bring a lot of fire, a lot of uh, leadership and accountability to this Dolphins Team. I've got two quick questions for you before I let you go here real quick, Evan. One, are you sad to see him go? And two, do you think it'll be a success in Miami for Flores? Yeah, I'm definitely sad to see him go because I think that he's a young uh, kind of rising star in the coaching ranks for the Patriots, at least. And just kind of seeing him go from a linebackers coach to the play caller this year and how quickly and how um, much love the Patriots players have for him. It, it definitely bodes well for his future in Miami. I think with the Dolphins, like any coach, it all starts with what they put around him. Uh, obviously, if they put the team around him, that gives him the pieces. As you guys know, I mean, you know, you put the pieces around Gase in the beginning of his uh, Miami tenure, and you guys went to the playoffs a couple times. So hey, I think that there is hope that it will work out if they can get the right players around him. I think, you know, you have some starters on the defensive side of the ball that he'll like. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is a guy that he's really going to have fun with. Uh, I would assume that you see Minka play more of a role that he played in Alabama where he's kind of playing safety and corner and moving around a lot and kind of game plan specific is basically what the Patriots have done with Devin McCourty. Uh, So I think that you kind of might see Minko take on a little bit more of that role moving forward with the Flores and kind of take on those responsibilities that McCourty did in the Patriots defense. Uh, I like Flores a lot. I think that he's a rising star. I think that he's a really bright, young defensive mind. I think that just, you know, like anybody, any coach, the personnel is at the end of the day going to be the most important thing. So they're going to have to surround him with the right guys. Evan, I really appreciate your time. Once again, he is a beat writer for the New England Patriots for CLNS Media. Of course, he is also the host of the Pats All-22 podcast. He is Evan Lazar, at EZ Lazar on Twitter. Evan, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. Yeah, you're welcome, and uh, thanks for stealing our defensive coordinator.
And there you go. So that's Evan Lazar getting our first taste of what Brian Flores is going to bring to Miami. I'll have more for you guys this week. Going to have Mark Schofield of the Locked On Patriots podcast on later to get even more in-depth behind Brian Flores. And that's going to be it for me on this episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, the special episode, the Brian Flores episode. We're not going to do any outro. just going to load this thing up right now so you guys can digest it and have it for the entire weekend. So with that, everybody have a great weekend. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL, Locked On Dolphins podcast. Until next time.